we are talking about a comic book, which we all read. If you did not also read this comic book, be aware we may talk about the events that happen inside of it. If this is going to make you sad, you should read the comic book first. That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Make it, make it, do it, makes us... Welcome, everybody, to episode 69 oh, wow, wow. of the Trade Holy Secrets crap. Podcast. I am your host, Luke Matthews, and we are here with the full crew of other hosts, including Ann Bean. Hello. Eddie Isaac. Uh, I don't know. Joel <laughs> Simon. Sup. And Andy Pidel. Butts to butts. <laughs> <laughs> ass to ass. Uh, we I would love to plug that comic. <laughs> As it were. So... butt cheeks. Uh, we are this week. We are discussing the. Let me turn our headphones up so that we can actually fucking hear what's going on here. Ah, there we go. That's better. Ah, this week we are discussing the first. Is it eleven or twelve? Twelve. Issues? It's first twelve issues of the. Uh, no, I think it's eleven. No, it's ten. No, it's more than that, isn't it? No, the first. <laughs> no, the, no, the first. Uh, you're right. The first arc Research. is ten because 11, that's when that's when they switched. They are. Uh, yeah, drama me to. Uh, leaves and yeah. Pacheco takes over. All right, so we are doing the first. We are doing the first ten issues of the Marvel Now Captain America with uh, Rick Remender as writer and John Romita Jr. doing the art. Um, we will move on to that later, but uh, I don't think there's a hell of a the lot. Ultimate of symbol of freedom. Actual comic book news. So, however, we'll, we will go ahead and talk about um, the the She Hulk kerfuffle that that Andy and I didn't get to talk about last week. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it now. Why don't you go ahead and start, Anne, while I pull this? Sure. Shit the up. basic deal was, and I would think everyone has heard about this, but then it's a magical land where not everyone has heard about this. So. Uh, another podcast in it, the world of podcasts. It was posted to the Trade Secrets Facebook group, yeah, so if so. anybody really wants to get more information, mm-hmm. they should join us on the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Trade Secrets Podcast. You love, can love. be in the know. T- tomorrow's news today. Uh. <laughs> Yo, what was that? I hate to interject. What no, was no, that no. show? No, there was a don't. show. Yeah, I know, right? I had to say it just because it sounded right. But <laughs> Out of vague politeness, yeah. I'll pretend to hate vague to interject. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That show. I'm gonna let you finish. And, but. And I love you. <laughs> yep, I Kanye. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish. But uh, what was there? There was a show in the '90s. I know. Oh, butts and butts. Oh, I'm gonna Sorry. let you finish. But oh, I'm, you want to actually get to your yeah, point? Yeah. Some years. What was the show in the '90s where the guy got the paper the day before? You remember? That wasn't the '90s. It was the 2000s. Was it 2000s? It was the 2000s. But you know what I saw? It, uh, early edition. edition. Early edition. Early That's edition. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. just reminded me of. Thank you. Okay. Man. Well, today on late early edition, uh, the podcast of name that Luke will look up. Uh, that was some dude and David Goyer. David Goyer is some dude. It was is the, the host. script notes podcast. Yes. And it was a panel including Andrea Burloff from The Legend of Conan, Christopher Marcus, Stephen McFeely from Winter Soldier, and David S. Goyer. And the hosts were John August and Craig Mazin. And I 
think it was Craig Mazin and, and David Gordon mm-hmm, that were mm-hmm. in this conversation. Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, that was it was like a silly and gross conversation in which David Goyer was able to like really like hammer in the fact that he's super dismissive of his fans. This has happened in the past. Do you want me to read the uh, Please do. the passage? Okay, this is a passage between Craig Mazin and David S. Goyer. Craig Mazin starts off the misogyny and David S. Goyer just drives it home. Craig Mazin says the real name for She-Hulk was Slut Hulk. That was the whole point. Let's just make this green chick with enormous boobs. And she's Hulk strong, but not Hulk massive, right? She's real lean, stringy, David S. Goyer. She's still pretty chunky. She was like China from the WWE. Mazin. The whole point of She-Hulk was just to appeal to appeal sexistly to 10-year-old boys. And it worked on me. Goyer, here, here it comes. Eh? I have a theory about She-Hulk, which was created by a man, right? At the time... At, the, at that time in particular, I think 95% of comic book readers were men, and certainly almost all of the comic book writers were men. So the Hulk was this classic male power fantasy. It's like most of the people reading comic books were these people like me who were just little kids getting the shit kicked out of them every day. And so they created the She-Hulk, right? Who is still smart. I think She-Hulk is a chick that you could fuck if you were the Hulk. You know what I'm saying? She-Hulk was the extension of the male power fantasy. So it's like if I'm going to be this geek who becomes the Hulk, then let's create a giant green porn star that only the Hulk could fuck so ignoring the fact that the hulk and she hulk are cousins Cousins. they're identical cousins (laughs) in every way (laughs) they talk alike they look alike you're done (laughs) Uh, wow duke and that i mean we take stanley with a significant grain of salt but he did like comment the next week and was like uh no just 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 no Yeah. yeah um the she hulk like her actual comics if you look at her sort of like she was originally created in like the line of stuff where it's like hey let's make female superheroes we're not sure how to do this so we're gonna make like yeah. the male superheroes but with girl names right so, so let's make super girl spider girl and, girl and spider woman right, and that yeah. whole that whole yep. line of people yeah, of uh, which, women women heroes were just Men names. Professor yeah. X girl. I can see it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, they should have. <laughs> uh, but, it's, like, she started there, and then it got I rebooted in the 90s at some point, I think. Or, she did, she and, did get rebooted. And, and as Sensational She-Hulk, and, like, part of her shtick was being very, like, break the fourth wall. and like, Right, where she could talk to her writers and stuff, like yeah, a Deadpool kind of thing. Right, mm. exactly. Um, exactly like a Deadpool kind of thing. And, like... Uh, I have been enjoying the hell out of the brand new on issue four series by um, a writer by a writer <laughs> uh, Charles Soule and Javier Pulido. Charles Soule. Oh. He, he does. Uh, he does Red Lantern. He does Red Lanterns and also. Does Letter Forty Four yep. as well. Uh, and it's 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 fun. The art's appealing. Um, it's a good balance of punching to lawyering it's actually probably about 50 <laughs> 50 ratio it's actually probably about 67 percent lawyering 33 percent punching i mean there's just funny situations where like her buddy hellcat got drunk and decided that they needed to go punch stuff and she's like god this is a terrible plan and, she, and hellcat's like no there are aliens in this building i swear i don't know anyway, so so i have to good. share i have to share my personal opinion of she hope because obviously uh, this guy I, I gotta say i gotta say this real quick I hate Brian Polito's art so much. That's like, fair. His, it's very stylish. His his art is actually enough to make me not ever read a comic. That's one of the reasons why I wow. can't get into. Wow. Um, that's one of the reasons why I had trouble getting into uh, buying Hawk the whole run of Hawkeye because he took over oh. Hawkeye uh, in the he he was a fill in artist for Hawkeye and I thought 
like Fraction and Aha Aja are Aja. fucking amazing together. And then they brought Polito on, and it actually ruined the comic oh, for me. Oh wow! So anyway, that's just my negativity for a moment. So go ahead with I your thanks with your bad self, the dark cloud <laughs> of Cuff the podcast. So um, She Hulk. And, and I was talking to Anne earlier about Wonder Woman, and I so me I kind of have this thing for uh, women with power, right? And so, like Wonder Woman as a character is very you know very, Wonder Woman, She Hulk, like characters like that are very attractive to me because they symbolize that that like that powerful portion of like womanhood. As, as you could say, like so, not as an extension of the male fire fantasy for you to fuck necessarily. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow, you mean men are capable of like appreciating female characters no. for more than like no. their yes. fuckability? Like so, and, and by attractive, like I don't mean purely physical attraction. Yeah, yeah. I mean like the the like the womanhood of like holy. I'm about to. I'm, like, I punch things. I do this. I do that. I'm smart. I'm everything like this. Aside from the physical, and it's it's appreciated in the fact that these characters also garner like the respect of male superheroes. Like Wonder Woman has the respect of Superman because, like, I believe personally that she could really kick the shit out of Superman if she really <laughs> wanted to. Like, yeah. if it really came down to it, like if he needed to be stopped, that she could. Well, and the same thing with She Hulk. Like, and I just think that like that character, um, and I haven't read the new run, so I'm not exactly sure, so I can't say. But like that character could separate and be its own character. That's if, bullshit. Like Sorry. you don't think it could? No, I think I, I think female strong female characters are are a threat to my masculinity and my privilege. Oh, okay, so. hey, okay, wait, okay. sarcasm, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Luke Matthews. No, I I th- one of the things I actually really like about She Hulk is the fact that they um is that she's not just a face puncher, right? Like, yes, she's got the she's got this strength, this physical strength and this physical presence, but she's like super intelligent. She's a fucking lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's um, she doesn't. It's it it is her physical presence is what is not what defines her defines her and and garners her respect so there's a scene in the first issue and i'm going to spoil it but this will only determine whether or not you maybe want to read the series uh where it's it's i think the first scene where she hulk is in a meeting with her lawyer bosses uh and she is Wait, green. Is she in there as She Hulk is Jenny. She's she's she pretty much stays as She Hulk all the time. Like she, I see, yeah, she I've doesn't seen her change, as Jenny once. I don't think, does the she? thing is, she has no okay. n- no like she doesn't get dumb when she gets green. Unlike right, Bruce. right, right. Um, well, that incarnation because that's and that's right. the thing. Like that same idea was was also taken because I think the idea where Bruce Banner was in Hulk's body and he was smart was before or like maybe somewhere around the reboot of She Hulk. Right. So it's like. There's no like I think they really need a unique idea with the character. But good, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was that? So there's a scene, and she she's sitting in a meeting with her bosses, and basically asking for a raise, and they are incredibly dismissive and ridiculous, and not only deny her raise, but are like taking her for granted and being bastards. Uh, you know, and it's something where. Oh God! Yeah, they're, they're wretched human beings, and she taps the table and cracks it in half on her way out. <laughs> Just one finger. One Just finger. one finger, uh, which of course doesn't go too well for her professional career, and she ends up setting up shop for herself and being sort of like forty seventh in line down the list of lawyers that you contact. Uh, 
<laughs> right behind Matt Murdock. <laughs> well, in issue four, she goes out and talks to Matt Murdock about like superhero lawyering. It turns out it's awkward and hard. So wait, does everybody know at this point that Matt Murdock is Daredevil? Like, yeah, is this, I, I'm, I think this is not is a hidden post. thing anymore. I'm, I'm I don't know. Sure. I haven't read Daredevil in a while. I've, I've been told that I need to. I mean, Andy. Really? Well, Andy Baker run is amazing. Yeah. Well, and the Wade, Mark Wade the stuff. Mark Wade like, stuff is good, too. Like, what? I've, um, Such a poor man, Spider Man. Like, whatever, like, dude. God, you. Dude. They're completely unrelated, totally <laughs> different characters. They're like the same character. Wow. <laughs> In that one's a lawyer and one's a teenage photographer who quit his. Okay, job. what run of Spider Man are you reading? He's <laughs> like know. a genius. He's like, I've been reading them since the, like the, they started in the 1960s, and I've only gotten like a couple years in. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been a teenager in a while. I, I I don't I don't understand that view of Daredevil. I I mean Ultimate Spider-Man. That is by the way. that is such a Oh, well, that's different. That is such a superficial skin deep top level bullshit like like He's simplification a, he's not even a of B-lister. like Daredevil's like a C-list hero. Like, Daredevil's I, great. I, he's one of the, the few Marvel heroes I've actually read what anything significant. Does it make? He's, he's like you're 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 like you're like applying the standards <laughs> of fighting game characters to how you rate superheroes, and it's he's, like it doesn't matter whether or not he's uh, a C-lister uh, within the universe. His stories, in and of himself, like look at Hawkeye. Hawkeye is technically a fucking C-lister too, but his comic book is fantastic because the stories that are built around him are built around him at his level and his power. So it's a great story to read, and that's the same for Daredevil. Now, don't get me wrong, there's been some shit Daredevil <laughs> stories in the past. Like, whatever the one when he makes a deal with the devil and, like, yeah. fucking... Oh, Shadowland. That was fucking horrid. But, um... But, no, like, the, the, like to... to to dismiss him as a C-rate Spider-Man or a knock Spider-Man knockoff, like totally does a disservice to the character and everybody that's put some effort into distinguishing Daredevil as a character. Well, those people will just be bad at me. Uh, <laughs> wow. But um, back to what Anne was saying about She-Hulk, I, I think I think the character deserves deserves recognition, and I think there is a unique a unique aspect in the character and. Uh, what those guys? I, Whatever. Like, she's just a C-rate big Barda. What they said? No. No. <laughs> no. Even though I think that would be an awesome matchup. Misogyny <clears throat> make Hulk sad. Perverse. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if anyone's not following feminist Hulk on Twitter, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Oh no, there's a feminist Hulk. There's feminist Hulk. Oh feminist my god, feminist Hulk is great. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Oh, wasn't there like Hulk explains movie plots? Oh god. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it was. It yes. was. Yes, all green people. So, so the, I'd like to, his, I'd like to say something about this this whole She Hulk thing because there's a, a number of interesting facets that I find interesting. I guess they would be interesting. Yeah, interesting, facets, interesting facets, facets, facets that yeah, you yeah, find interesting. That I find interesting. Well, first of all, Joel Simon, the the Goyer guy is a is a DC writer, right? So the first for thing, movies, yes, yes. Yeah, so the first thing he's doing is disparaging, you know, his competitor because so that kind of plays into it. And then also there was a another female writer on that, or was it an artist? It's on there the was panel. A, but there was on a panel. There was a female. Where was she? Did she not say anything, or she is, just like this is, she didn't have a mic? Oh, oh okay. it's a metaphor Maybe for the been, industry. So I, I have not, I have not actually listened to the whole podcast because I, I, all I've, I've read the articles and stuff, but I've not listened to the whole Same. podcast. I need to go back and listen to it. Yeah, but I have actually, like, there's a lot of times, and this, this is might lead into the whole yes, all women thing that's been happening on Twitter for the last couple of weeks, mm. but. There have been a lot of situations where there has been a female panel member on a, a panel at 
many conventions amongst a bunch of misogynist assholes <laughs> that um, the token woman that get shouted down a lot, right? Like uh. when they they either they either like sometimes they're just they're just not comfortable talking up and saying go fuck yourself you yeah. know like because not all not all writers are gail simone right like gail simone would turn and be like go fuck yourself like right off yeah. the top yeah, right yeah, yeah. right off the bat but and in a lot of cases like i've actually read stories of female creative oh who was it that we, we talked about this on the show a while ago where like there was a there was a woman on a panel who um like got Throw an um in there. Just throw an um in there. Um, uh, <laughs> so, so sh- there was a there was a male panelist that started making really really sexist remarks to her, mm. and then Wait, after the, the fact, panelist was making a com- panelist to another panelist oh. was like in was Glorious. like was coming like basically coming on to her on stage in front oh, of an yeah. audience, and Awkward. then and then after the panel was over like she was super uncomfortable and didn't really didn't really know how to handle it right if you thought public speaking was hard (laughs) right and then after the panel was over she got down and and was talking to her husband who was in the audience Mm. and the guy comes over and says oh is this your husband and then turns to him and starts apologizing to him for what he was saying to her. I would love to be. And it's I like, would love to have been in that panel. Been, been, I would have been, you know, just waited politely for, you know, like, hey, can I have a question? I would ask her a question. I'm like, hey, do you want me to tell him to go fuck himself, or are you going to take care of that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I forget what. Yeah, it like, is. where are these people? Like, why doesn't well, anybody ever stand up to this ridiculous? Because it's just, it's not like people don't like confrontation like yeah. that's what it, yeah. i'm yeah. not that way right i would stand up and be like go fuck yourself yeah. um the there is there I is a minor off confrontation so i, mm. I there is a um there is a line Stop. that can be Stop, crossed please. there is a line that can be crossed where you go from from being an ally and and you know being somewhat of a feminist and being uh, and and white knighting people, right? I'm not sure but I don't what think white that, knighting is right, and that's the thing. Like I d- I don't I don't either. I've been accused of it in the past. Is it by people that were being bigots? At no. The time? So my no. It's like it's like if if somebody was making sexist comments at you and you weren't saying anything, and I stepped in and said, "Dude, shut the fuck up." Mm. There, are, there is a segment of the feminist community now. It's small. I'm, I'm. This is not. This is not a not all men thing. It's just. It's. I'm just saying Beat that it. it has happened to me where I have been like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then the person whom I was defending is like, "I don't need you to do fight my battle." Uh, you know what? That's you're fine. Such a chauvinist, like, Luke. God. Right. Like um, that's fine. At that point, you're like, okay. And so see, yeah, exactly. But I think that I think the issue is is way simpler than that. I think it's just that people don't like being confrontational in front of a crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. I, right? I, I totally no, no. understand that, especially at cons. <laughs> yeah. No, I can totally understand that too. Is just I, I had, through this whole thing, I know that there was a woman panelist, and she must have been just cringing just and horrified. shrinking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Into the corners, like why am I? Here? And part of it that feels awkward is when you are the token female like eventually you get kind of tired of being the one that has to be like so is anyone else gonna call this bullshit 
Am she's I going to be describing her place on this show? Yeah. Well. She's, she's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I appreciate about the show is I'm not the only one calling the bullshit. I'm, you yeah. know, I do describe it as Oprah's book club with a bunch of derpy nerds when I am <laughs> <laughs> talking about it. And you uh, get an opinion, and you get an opinion, <laughs> and you get an, an opinion. Everybody, please, please. <laughs> But one thing I do really genuinely appreciate about this podcast is like, I'm not the only one who's like bringing up the sexist bullshit that's happened in the community or like talking about stuff. (laughs) All of us do talk about stuff from time to time. Well, it's, it's, it's just not that like, it's not that hard to not be an asshole. I mean, it so really is. Let's hold up for a look, second. And wi- look at which of the group is saying that out loud yeah, right it's now. Very right? Diff- <laughs> it, no, it's very difficult to not be an asshole. I fight this battle on a daily basis. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> you do because, because you, you don't really succeed when you're on a mic. That's true. That's because, <laughs> that's because you. I don't. I don't at all. I just. I make everyone. Out. I make everyone. It else comes out of every. It, it comes out of every single orifice. So ah. Oh, <laughs> You're gonna want to wash that cushion when you're done. <laughs> butts to butts. By the way, butts to butts is maybe the best comic that's ever been written. Uh, you can find it at tribal-century.com. It's by local Seattle artist Laura D. Graves, and that's all I'm going to tell you about it. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. It is a thing. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> We're five. <laughs> we, we are. The average age of the group is seven. So there's I'm a, 14. <laughs> yeah. Look, guys, if this, if this keeps up, I'm just going to start drinking. I'm going to tell you right now. What, what you gets haven't? me yet? No, I haven't. Usually you do. I know, but. What, what gets me is that, you know, there's definitely, especially, you know, in the environment that I work in where it's like supposed to be professional, there's a fine line between <laughs> joking. I said supposed to be. I yeah, know. Right? So there's, there's joking. And then there's like down hard. We sometimes stuff is said, and a guy goes, "Hey, are you serious?" Like because because of the tone that it came out, you know. Sure. And that when I read that, it didn't it didn't come off as like, "Oh, we're just having fun." It came off as like, "This may be what this dude really thinks." Yeah. And it's like, what the you know what's wrong with you? Well, and I, as yeah. as opposed to ha ha ha, I was joking, but honestly, hey, I love this character, and, and that's exactly how Goyer comes off here, right? It's right. like it's like you 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 listen to him, and you're like, wow, really? Wait a second, especially <laughs> when especially when the conversation was started by Craig Mazin saying that it was that she was slut Hulk, right? And yeah. so so you know, Mazin is like this is like this classic fucking nasty old boys club (laughs) sneering bullshit and it's like it's kind of disgusting for someone who's in charge of some of the biggest franchises that are that our fandom is interested in seeing right like like it the same i brought this up before it's the same thing that happened with roberto orsi in in a different respect orsi wasn't being um misogynist but he was being hyper dismissive of star trek fans right where star trek fans were complaining about star trek into darkness and they were saying like this is you know one it was a lot of old school star trek fans going you've completely subverted the star trek universe and then he was he basically just told fans we made a bunch of money i know what i'm doing go fuck yourselves Wow, Orsi, and and this is the guy that's going to direct Star Trek Three and wrote the first, Gosh. you know, was a writer on the first yeah. two Star Treks, and it's like, you know, in addition to the misogyny, this this thing with um, Goyer. with Goyer, it's like because I've liked the stuff that Goyer has written in the past, but then you see that he has zero respect for the people he's writing this stuff for, right? And Which, yeah. what 
isn't Goya writing about Wonder Woman or something like that? Well, oh, he's God, writing he's not. writing Superman versus Batman and okay. potentially uh, is going to be a writer on the Wonder Woman movie. But uh, he's the reason we brought this the reason I brought this up the way I did was that um isn't that the guy who did someone I used to know? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Somebody that I used to know, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh anyway, um he he's I brought this up in the in the group that that it's going. He's the guy that's in charge of Wonder Woman's first big screen, you know, appearance. Oh Yay! Which frightens me to some degree. Indeed. Um, because like when you hear that kind of just like blatant, like kind of nastiness from somebody. Can I talk about a moment of his more insidious misogyny? Go right ahead. And it's more insidious? insidious because it doesn't look like misogyny on the surface. I was going to say insidious wait. instead of instead of just fucking blatant. blatant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it was another instance when Goyer was being incredibly dismissive of his fans. It was some panel somewhere, something I don't know, <laughs> at a con, and it's like, and he they were talking about Marvel characters, and he asks the room, <laughs> "Raise your hand if you've heard of Martian Manhunter." Because this made sense in context. And then, raise, now keep your hand up if you've ever been laid. Yeah. Was this uh, was that Robert Orty? Or, that, uh, that was David Goyer. Goyer? Yeah, Again. Yeah, yeah. Keep your hand Which up if is, you've ever been laid. Yeah. Guess what? Misogyny. It may not look like misogyny. No, it totally but is. But it's, to, it's totally misogyny. And it's and it's that awesome like combination that, of misogyny and what is that the assumption that if you've heard of this character that you're right, just like so, that you are so pathetic you're so pathetic that, that you've you, never been with a woman because the, yes the, like, it, because I, being with a woman not only is a measure of your manliness that uh, was the, this discussion <laughs> this discussion was all about whether somebody at a panel asked whether Martian Manhunter was going to appear in a Justice League movie or was going to show up in in Batman vs Superman and he was basically his like that character is this insignificant I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do some super biased paraphrasing and say that he was basically fucking Martian Manhunter you nerds <laughs> fuck off I mean that's basically <laughs> what he was saying much what he said and he, and, and he did it in a not so subtle way by saying exactly what Ann just said he's like who's heard of Martian Manhunter now keep your hand up if you've ever been laid and it was just like this guy this fucking guy and not I in a good I could, way I think I would have been like Stood up and be like, "Yo, who the fuck is this dude?" <laughs> like that's like my, I was like, "Yo, who is that's, this, who is have, this guy? Who is luck, he?" I've been lucky to never have been in a panel like that, right? That where that where there's been this kind of like, like holy shit, what's going on? Kind of stuff. Like, and I wish I would, right? I wish mm. I've I mean, never, I've never seen this occur at Emerald City Comic Con mm-hmm. um, or at PAX. So it's like. Um, so I, I've never had the opportunity to stand up and be, what the fuck is your that's, problem? Because that's what I would have done, right? I'd, I'd have very politely raised my hand, waited for you them. You there in the Xbox shirt. Yeah, yes. What do you have to what say? What do you have to say? And then they hand me a mic and I'd be, I'd be, hi, my name is Luke Matthews. I'm a big fan of your work. What the fuck, fuck is your, your problem? problem? <laughs> right. And the whole room goes, <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's, that is enough to make me go full Eddie and be like, <laughs> hello, full um, Eddie, consequences. Uh, Eddie, Isaac, uh, long time Martian Manhunter fan. Uh, <laughs> yes, I've been with a woman before. And, uh, what you, does would, that have to would do Would you like to it? go outside and uh, right? duel? Because uh, <laughs> like, I think I can fairly say that I'd probably be able to beat you up. Is, or, that, is like, that a fair <laughs> measurement of my manhood? Do we <laughs> like, need to Yeah. Is that, is that a, if I beat you up in front of everybody, is that a fair measurement of do my manhood? Do I need manhood? to just unzip right here? Yeah. I mean, Are yeah, we having a dick swing contest? Are we right. talking about I'm pretty sure we've got at least five or six rulers in here that uh, <laughs> that will measure feet. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, wow. I, yeah. <laughs> wow. 
I, it, it just it it fascinates me because of how how stark a contrast it is to the people who who write for Marvel's movies, right, and who direct Marvel's movies. Because like, look at look at uh, Goyer's comments, and then contrast that to like Joss Whedon, who is like probably the most hyper feminist of TV like writers and producers. But that's He's got a major screen, you yeah, know, right? Exactly, and um, you know he. It just not only are guys like Whedon like they've got that feminist streak, so that they so that in their eyes, just it's just equality, right? Well, it's reflecting the world as it right. is. A person is a person, <laughs> and but on top of that, they're not they're super like super nice to fans, and they know that they're that the fandom is important, and that there's um, and that that is what that's what's driving their sales. Gosh. Mm. Like, so they're like listening to the Marvel guys talk 99% of the time you hear somebody talking about a character that's coming up in a Marvel movie. They're like, Holy fuck. I love this character because right. And, and it's a shame that because like last week they announced that Edgar Wright's not going to be directing Ant-Man anymore, but, yeah, um, but Edgar Wright was one of those guys that's like, cause when they decided they were going to do an Ant-Man movie, people were like Ant- Ant-Man really? really? And um, Edgar Wright was the guy that was like champion. He was like, "Fuck yes, Ant Man!" Yeah. You know, I love this character and stuff. And, and it's that same kind of thing with Martian Manhunter on the opposite side, right? Because Ant Man is one of those characters that you're like, eh. they get their own, they get their own movie. So for the last, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break the suspension of disbelief for listeners here for a little bit. We're actually recording this episode a week earlier than we normally would, um, which is why we also don't have much listener interaction and uh, why we're still talking about the the David Goyer thing because to us it's still relevant. And by the time you're listening to this show, you're gonna be like, why the fuck are these people talking about this? So old, so Um, last week. So for the last week since we recorded the Buzzkill episode, we have been reading the first ten issues of Captain America, the Marvel Now Captain America. Good job, soldier. Um, what did you say the subtitle was? Castaway Cast in Dimension Z. Z. Um, this is written by Rick Remender and drawn by John Romita Jr. Uh, it is fucking fantastic. It's like, really good. Um, so, Charging star. So the first thing, I, the first thing that I want to mention on this is that I have a soft spot in my heart for John Romita Jr. and his artwork. Um, there are a lot of people who don't like him. Like he's super duper stylized. Oh yeah. And um, what's interesting to me about his artwork is that I have a bunch of, I used to, they all burned up in an apartment fire, but I used to have a bunch of old comic books that John Romita Jr. drew. And in that period of time, he was very much like, the Kirby style of, you know, the, the standard kind of Marvel. How old is he? Like his early style did not look like 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 when you see a piece of Romita Junior's artwork now, you're like, that's John Romita Junior. Oh, like yeah, it, it's, it's, it's yeah, so yeah. he's so identifiable, iconic, and yeah. so iconic. Mm. Um, he didn't used to be like when he started out. He he was very typical Marvel superhero uh, artwork, Stanley um, way, yeah, the Marvel way, the Marvel way. Yeah, the Marvel way. I got into John Romita Junior's art. Um, the very first time that I saw his stuff and was really really impressed by it was. Uh, a Daredevil miniseries that was just called The Man Without Fear. And um, 
absolutely fantastic miniseries, uh, and the artwork was really good. Actually, that is one of the Daredevil stories I did enjoy. Yeah, actually, that was a good story. Um, and then I moved on. Like I I saw, I I kind of followed him through some of like the the work he did for Marvel. So like he did, uh, he did a was it a run on cable? I want to say. Yeah, he did did the cable book. He did cable for a while. yeah, cable. Cable, 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 cable a, does have feet, um, and I, it's just he's one of those artists that for me, like he's like his artwork is is just so. I don't know. There's so, there's something about his artwork that I absolutely love, and there's there's a certain amount of that that is fueled by nostalgia, right? Like because his artwork, once he developed the iconic style that he draws now, his artwork hasn't changed in fifteen twenty nope. years. Um, I think it's actually becoming slightly more like you say it hasn't changed, and I'm going to interject for a second here. I think that he's actually stylizing on his own stuff a little bit more, but it's more of a streamlining and perfecting his style as yeah. opposed to um, Frank Miller, who is just just shitting deep, all over his deep, style. Deep, yeah, deep end. So, and that's something that I was going to say about about this particular run in Captain America is that I th- um, did we find out if there's a colorist on this or if Romita's doing no, his own it's, colors? I believe it's Romita so doing his own colors. Romita does this kind of very painterly colors in this version of his artwork that I think oh, is... Nope, I lied. No? Uh, Dean White with Rachel oh, Rosenberg. Dean White, that totally makes sense because Dean White's the same guy that does the colors on Black Science and I was about oh. to say his colors look very painterly like Black Science and now we know why. Uh, then that then that would lead me to say I absolutely love the combination of John Romita Jr. and Dean White. Like, this is a fantastic... The artwork in this is fantastic. It's real good. Um, which, to be honest, is is where I'm going to contrast this to another John Romita Jr. book that I fucking hate, which is Kick-Ass. Um, oh, what? Yeah. Sacrilege. I, he totally does Kick-Ass. I see what mm-hmm. you mean about his art being really recognizable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his artwork... No in, longer pals. His artwork in... Dude, we did this. We did kick ass on the show, and <laughs> I think that was before Eddie was with us. That yeah. was before I was with you. Was it? Because yeah. I yes, thought that was, that was the. I was, I was oh, before. That's, mm. Well, wasn't it wasn't kick ass the uh, the reverse episode? Wasn't that the one like we you were know, s- the reverse episode? Wait, shit. Yeah, we did twenty seven early, and it was something else. And then when later on, when we redid number six, it was kick ass. Oh. That never happened. All, yeah. our, all our episodes have been in chronological, in chronological order. Totally in chronological order. Um, Nor will I ever do that again because, yes. my God, that was a terrible was idea. So horrible. Mm. So anyway, like, I do not... I I've, I don't like anything about Kick-Ass, to be entirely honest. Oh, um, but I don't like... I didn't like his art because I feel like... Um, I feel like... It, it was either rushed or something, but it just didn't... It felt like somebody imitating John Romita Jr. And But to be entirely honest, one of, the, one of Romita Jr.'s humongous weaknesses is is the way he draws children um they look like miniature or they look like adults from far away uh, they <laughs> no they look like giant headed adults from far away it's like the same it's like an adult head a, an adult size head and then a little tiny body so they end up looking like uh oh, like Ricky, fucking bobbleheads like Ricky right? Tiki Tembo yeah. and uh oh jesus what was the other like uh from the the jungle remember the jungle book game how how uh nope what what What's the character from Jump Mobley? How he looked? Mowgli. He Mowgli, like, he was like really big headed, and then like a really sure. yeah, like that. Rick, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and part of the problem with that is that that's that's the entirety of Kick Ass. It's all centered around kids. And when I look at that artwork, I'm like, wow, this just looks kind of it looks kind of dumb. It looks off to you. And I'm not, 
I'm not necessarily a fan of the way he draws uh, the kid in this book because he does the same thing. But for some reason in this book... It works. It works because Ramita Jr.'s style, that's his style. That's his thing. That's his, like, you, you know that you're looking at a kid in a Ramita book because it's a big-headed, little-bodied thing. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily representative of an actual human being. It's just... Some kids have really it's a Ramita kid. Dome. Well, sure. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, but one, that was one of the things that initially drew me to this. The, the two things that drew me to this were... were uh, Ramita Jr.'s art because I'm like I always will look at at least look at the things that he does and Remender is one of the best writers in the business right now hands down yep. um, have I told you I years. love Remender uh, sure yeah. have yeah, I said that before times. I think oh, so man. really yeah. I mean our, arguably Remender's best book is Fear Agent uh, yep. and Deadly Class is really Deadly Class really, is good really I'm well, good. excited that's, that's to read thing. that one. Oh my lord! Man, last I got the first American issue. Crime is amazing. <laughs> well, for yeah. Luke yeah, to retweet true. something you say on Twitter means something, and I said I'd read it, and he like retweeted it. Yeah, I I like everything that I've read by Remender so far, which means I haven't read Franken Castle, and <laughs> I've read. I mean, we've read a bunch of stuff for this show. You've made a good choice, <laughs> um, but. One of the things that I really liked about this book when I first got it, because I am not generally a Captain America fan. I don't have anything against Captain America. I just have not. It's not your cup of tea. Just not interesting to me. Until the movie, to be honest. Like, the movie, the two movies have been the best of the Marvel movies, in my opinion. And I like the way they portray the character in that movie, in the movies. And um, when I got into this, I got into it because of the writer and the artist, not, not not the character at all. And the moment that I read it, I was like, oh, it's Remender doing his weird science fiction thing again. He's just doing it with Captain America now. So I'm sort of of the opinion that that's exactly the right way to do things. Follow the writers and the artists that you like as opposed to the characters. Because they're going to be able to do something with the character that you don't care about, a la your opinion with Captain America. As opposed to, you know, let's say you really like Batman, right? And some schmuck writes like a three-issue arc. As, you know, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's not Batman's fault. <laughs> yeah, there have been some, and there's been some, and and Batman's a very good example of a character who has been shit on a lot by his writers. And there's some, there's some fantastically good Batman stuff. And uh, and to to take a side tangent in the in the my reading of my alphabetical reading of all my books, I just got finished with Grant Morrison's run on Batman um, so from starting with Batman and Son and the Black Glove through. The Return of Bruce Wayne, like including the Batman and Robin run. I haven't gotten into Batman Inc. yet. I've been told that I need to read Batman Inc. But um, that is fan fan fucking tastic. But I have read some shit, some shit Batman books in the past. Like I mean, lo- yeah. just and I mean, I suppose that's you know that's a problem with a book that when you've got you know literally thousands of issues of of a comic book around a character they're, they're not all going to be hits. they're not all going to be hits and there there's been some captain america stuff that i didn't like however um we've gone from like the last probably 10 years of captain america have been some of the best that have ever been written right like brew baker for yeah. eight years remender True. so for those of you who haven't read it they tri- they remender is his strength is clearly weird sci-fi. Fear Agent was one of his best comic books. Um, like Last Days of American Crime was low sci-fi, but it mm. was still still sci-fi. And but, that it was set yeah, on but, Earth. Uh, what do you mean? Like in that it was set on alternate Earth as opposed to like wacky outer space. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but but line. like Fear Agent was definitely wacky outer space. Yeah, yeah. Black Science is wacky outer space. And then so he was like, uh, you're going to give me control of Captain America? I'm going to do it in wacky outer space. Yeah. What the fuck was his superhero book? Other than this one? No, no, no. Like it was, uh, it was all superhero control. Like he made a bunch of superheroes to set his own world. I know what you're talking about. That's I don't cool. remember what it's called. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. It's 12 issues and I can't think of it right now. <laughs> But it's, it's like, absolutely fucking it's, brilliant. I love every minute of it, but I don't remember what it's called. Uh, it's you know it, when he does a spin on superheroes, and it's very prevalent in that book. Um, they're not like there's like a Batman esque character, yeah. but he's got a supernatural binge. There's a, a Spider Manish guy who has six arms. Nice. Like it is. It's you know okay. So here's the level. You know like these are kind of normal superheroes is what most people do. He just takes it that extra twenty feet or whatever to make them I all like very odd. And it goes like he does a lot of stuff with um, mythology that I really like, where oh. he reinterprets like gods and stuff like that. I would be into that. Um, it's totally my jam. Also, it's really prevalent in black science, <laughs> uh, because like when they're going to the different cultures, there's the one where the um, the Incans or the Native Americans, you know, they didn't get invaded originally, so they have like super futuristic Indians nice. fighting Nazis, <laughs> and it's wonderful. Like he just he'll take it that extra, uh, just that. I don't know even how to fucking say it. That's why I'm not a writer. Um, there's this extra bit that he provides just to the he surrealism. Levels it up. Yeah. Le- level up. Is it, is it Age of Heroes what you're thinking of? No, it is not. No. Okay. Uh, okay. So, can I say something yes, about you can. the book? Yay. <laughs> right. So, I will tell you my one of my favorite things about the, this portrayal of Captain America is, of course, we have the classic portrayal of, like, you know, his his never-ending fight against tyranny, right? Which is which I think is awesome, and, and it's because of that soldier aspect that he portrays. End league. But okay. the, uh, some of the best writing in this is not his, the dialogue, it's his thoughts during combat. Like, so that we can see his inner struggle it, in terms it, of like, well, I'm getting up again. Exactly. Oh, crap, I just tore my whatever. Ex- exactly. I think that is some of the best writing and usually you know a lot of times a lot of people we dwell on the dialogue like the interaction between this character and a sub character or the protagonist and the antagonist oh and i think i think comics these days tend to be like really cinematic because they're sort of escaping the batman 60s like batman punches a dude punch like, yeah where things I, are being I enjoyed shown the and original told. batman punches a dude bang <laughs> smack crash first Boom, retcon ever batcon, batman doesn't use guns wah, yeah. wah. anyway uh the point being that like this is if this were filmed, there would be a voiceover type of thing, which mm, could be obnoxious. Narration. Yeah, but in this case, it's really not. Like you say, it adds a lot to the. It shows a lot to the, of the character. tenacity of the character, and then yeah. you know, Cap is you know he's super strong and super tough, but he's not like Hulk strong. He's not invulnerable. And like it's Superman. not easy. No, it's you know? not. <laughs> well, to to comment on your voiceover thing, I think that that is something that is very like iconically comic book that they can do in comic books a hell of a lot easier and with more um, with less uh, making it less cheesy than they can in an actual movie yes right? the Sin like, City I mean, movies you, were painful could you, because, could you really picture yeah. a guy getting knocked down and like I gotta get up I gotta keep fighting it's like who the <laughs> no, fuck no, no. please you stop talking say, <laughs> you wouldn't say that out loud it's yeah, all it, internal it, it's, right yeah. it's internal and I just I like the fact that you know in a comic book it's allowed to be there that you can yeah you can, I mean, you have your imagination, right? Because you're reading, and and it's more so that you're reading. You have pictures, so you don't have to imagine as much. But you, I think, seeing it, seeing the words, actually allows you to more like 
touch or identify with that character's struggle when he's fighting, like when he's fighting these giant like Dimension Z monsters or, you know, his struggle, his internal struggle with Arnim Zola being like a piece of his body. Um, Just all those things and then his struggle with Ian. Literally internal struggle. Literally (laughs) internal struggle. And then Uh, and then even raising, you know, a child that he's adopted to be his son, you know, in this dimension. Mm. I'm 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 a big fan of like that kind of narration in comic book because there's a lot of things that um, I remember this discussion happening somewhere online, blah. But it it made me think a lot about like there's a lot of things that comic book that only comic books can really do that that comic book artists and and writers have moved away from to some degree because of the fact that like comic book movies are becoming so prevalent that now they try to make the comic books more like the movies mm. so things become a little more realistic there's not as much you know there's not as much cheese ball crazy four color stuff but things like um, like thought bubbles right like they don't use them much anymore but that's something very very comic book that should be used more because it's one of the things that, with this medium that only this medium ever really does. Like, yeah, you see it in prose to some degree with, you know, italic internal thoughts. Straight up consciousness. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but then between... <laughs> now like, I just want to see like a prose adaptation of like Ulysses or something. <laughs> or like a comic book adaptation of Ulysses. That's just like a dude sitting in a corner like doing ordinary shit with like <laughs> thought bubbles filled with Joyce's dense prose. Action philosophers. <laughs> that's true. Action philosophers is great. Well, I was going to say, if I you would, just want thought bubbles full of dense prose then you just read a Neil Gaiman comic right yep <laughs> I, I like that yeah, I'm I, not gonna lie I will tell you I was just, what, one thing I was just I surprised do. that Andy didn't jump on that before right. I did I was thinking of something much harsher to say well. and I'm like no Luke's got it <laughs> I will tell you what I don't need I don't need thought bubbles in my world because if I had thought bubbles I, and I think like <laughs> all of I the like bits how of... you were looking at me when you said that you, got, you had some menace in your eye you're like I had some thought bubbles I could see like the fuck you Andy coming above your head <laughs> I mean, these could have been thought bubbles, but it would have been terrible in terms of like layout and. It would have been right. They're thought squares. Yes. Rectangles. They're I, internal I, Four-sided. I like I like the narration because it's a it's a classic it's a classic noir trope to have like this the character kind of narrating the shit. That they're that they're dumped into. She um, was twenty years old and fine. Yeah. She was when bad was, news. You see, she was bad <laughs> news. You see, when she walked in the Seriously. door, I, I'm only not. I knew she would get me killed later on. Um, <laughs> what? I don't know. Thanks I'm, for telling me, bro. <laughs> sorry. Continue. <laughs> but that's one thing that Remender does really well. You know, last days of yeah. American crime you know, was noir, mm-hmm. and and he did it really well. The, the one thing I loved about this story was that I'm I'm a Captain America fan, and mm-hmm. I was ever since Brubaker, he's the one that got me into it because he's not Shield Superman. Slash. He's not Superman, you know. He he's vulnerable, and throughout this entire story, he's he's entirely vulnerable. You know, dog, I heard you like time bullets. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's getting beat and, up. Yeah, and he it like Die Hard. He gets. I was ass, thinking of Die Hard. It, yeah, he gets Best the Christmas shit movie ever. The yep. shit beat out of him throughout the entire no, arc, he, and yeah. gets up and keeps on going. And that's one of the things that I loved about it. And I think the preface of him and his childhood and his mother's abuse was really well handled because it's, oh, yeah. it's, awesome. it's definitely set up the whole metaphor. That's some of the those first couple pages. That is some of the best writing panels, mm-hmm. like artwork, interaction, and, and it, it, it's so crazy because it's not. 
it the the title of the book is Captain America, right? Not not Steve Rogers as a child or anything like that. Steve Rogers has an increasingly troubled relationship with time. Yeah, it's just but well, it's it's the it's like we need that to that's one of the things that truly defines who he is as a person. Like that those particular interactions with his mother and father with the abuse, then later there's the interaction with like he's this scrawny little kid, his friend is getting beat up. And even though he knows that he's next, he still like jumps in and to defend his. It still yeah. gets beat and, up. Yeah, there you go. But he fights the good fight. But he and, fights the good. Yeah, and and the that's good one fight. of the things is that Captain America he doesn't have any superpower that's readily available. Like oh hey, I can shoot laser beams from my eyes, or I have claws that come out of my, Hulk my smash. hands. Yeah, or Hulk. <laughs> what what his superpower is is that he's he's a soldier and it's his character. You know, yeah, and his, so one of the things that through this story shows is how he how his character became to be and how he instills that character into a little a little child too into others in general into yeah, others because too. how he turns jet how he turns uh, jet against Artem Zola that's yeah. her father and he's able to he's his his determination is able to bleed into other people it's almost like I make people around me better and that's what Captain you know and that's what Captain America does and I think the best thing about his character is that yeah. his abilities that were given to him don't define him yeah. His he's defined by his character that he's always had, and that yeah. is that is one of the probably one of the best like um, arcs that has happened in the Marvel movies, and that's one of the reasons I love the first Captain America so much is how they portray him being chosen for the Super Soldier program and how they portray his like you know, his I don't like bullies kind yeah. of like attitude toward mm-hmm. things was so fantastic. Was awesome, yeah. Um so and and the I think they do with the biggest heart. Yeah. And that's why I like the way that they do it in here because it is you're right. It's like he's this beacon and he kind of he's this un he's unwavering in the face yeah. of cynicism, right? Yeah. Like other people around him yep. can be as as nasty and cynical and whatever as as they need to be, but he will always still be the guy that's like, "Come on, man. Like why you don't need to be like this." Yeah. Yeah. And and he's there's never a point where you see Captain America and some people some people dislike this about the character, but I actually think it's the strength of Captain America is that um there's never a point which Captain America, where Captain America questions his own principles, yep. right? Like yeah. he, he maybe he questions his like his like actions and how he gets his ass handed to him, but he never. <laughs> there's never a point where he's like, "I'm getting beat up too much. Maybe I shouldn't do this anymore." Well, yeah, mm-hmm. And it's like, no, yeah, it's yeah. just like, I mean, he gets his fucking guts ripped open and oh, like destroyed. Yeah, it's McLean. Um, the one of the best. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because for listeners, I actually have to leave here in just a few minutes. Um, one of the best things, most oh shit moments that happened in this comic book. So. Cap gets stolen by uh, Arnim Zola's henchmen and taken to another dimension. And after issue four, I think it is, or maybe issue three, you open up issue four, and the very first page is a black page with white block text that says 11 years later. And I remember opening that up and went, 
Holy shit! <laughs> it's like Surprise. Marvel let them let him do this. Holy yeah. crap! Of course, they also let him cut you know Professor X's brain out of his head and give it to the Red but, Skull. So, and it wasn't it was, really it, eleven years. It was <laughs> Dimension Z. Sure. but it was eleven years for Cap. Is yes. the is yeah. the key? And right? remember, Cap doesn't age. Right? No, no. I, the, well, he, he ages, ages very slower. Slowly. It's very slowly. Mentally, yeah, like he's, it's still yeah. eleven years yeah. in his mind. Well, right? they, they it's still eleven a, years of fighting through a shit yeah. dimension for. Him. There's yeah. another time they do it. It's like right after the second issue. It's like one year later. Like after he just yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like, but yeah, you're right. The 11 year thing is like is really because epic. yeah, you're Level like the up. one year later. You're decade, like, bro. You're like, like, yeah. like one year later. You're like, wow. Okay. Been there for a year. Damn. Mm. And and you know, in comic book terms, you're like, oh, they skip a year all the goddamn time. Yeah. yeah. Um. And they go back. And then they go back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then for well, let's um, see what happened to that year. <laughs> Why'd you skip it? And then, uh, yeah, but then you hit the 11 years later and you're like, crap. Oh my God. Uh, so I have to leave. I'm leaving the rest of you in charge of finishing the podcast. Uh, uh, chaos! My, my buy, my borrow, burn for this is actually, um, it, it is, it's a low end buy. I will, I will say buy it. I, um, but that is only because, uh, like, you, you do have to be a Cap fan to like this book, yeah. I think. Um, you have to understand Captain America, but I do think that Remender does a really good job of stripping Captain of Cap America of all his trappings in order to make, exactly. uh, uh, put him in an environment where a new reader could look at it and be like, okay, I understand Cap from kind of a, from kind of a restart, you know? Yeah. As someone you know, who hasn't read a whole lot of Cap, that aspect of it was totally accessible. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a straight buy for me. All right, Baldy Locks, get out of here. Okay, so one thing I one thing I'd like to say is that's one of the things I've noticed throughout this arc of of Captain America is what what happens when he has a child that he raises. Like, how would you instill the values into this child that you have, especially in such an alien landscape? Exactly, and also the alien landscape is. So if Captain America, you know, he's all fighting for truth and justice in America. Well, what if you remove the America? From Captain America, hey. like would he stay the same or he's just Captain? <clears throat> yeah, he's just he's Steve just a normal Rock. guy. Captain Z. Well, yeah. yeah, he's not a soldier because and I think he's that's not the part thing. Of actually, it's like at the end of the days when you strip off the Captain, you strip off the America, and he's just Steve. He's still a badass and is still like will always stand up. He still has mm-hmm. the same system of ethics, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. There, yeah, it's there regardless. It doesn't change with his environment. It doesn't change with if he's wearing a uniform or not. He's just always the same guy yeah and one thing also is a lot like batman and robin it's batman that is the the teacher or the mentor to to robin and throughout this whole entire thing uh, throughout throughout captain america he's never been like an adult or he's never had a family he's never had that but at the same time he said proteges and the thing that i really liked was when uh arnim zola is trying to like re-brainwash the child into being leopold again um that uh, he sits him down and like shows him footage of Bucky and all of these like young men that the Cap has yeah, used to f- yeah. has yeah. fought with and who have died or like it's some terrible thing has happened to them because you know they're following the leadership of Cap. Uh, I that was one of the coolest yeah. scenes for me. Yeah, he's going to lead you to ruin. Personally, it's like um, my favorite characters always happen to be the characters that kind of like you know. I guess you say they do have a choice of whether or not to do what they do. Like, you know, 
Batman could easily stop being Batman and just be Bruce Wayne, run his company, like do you know, just do be the playboy or whatever, and this and that, and. Kind people of, who are driven is what you're saying. Yeah, it's not that the it's not the that, choice was thrust upon them where they didn't really have a choice. It's just that that's who they are. Right, and he is, and that's what I mean about his character. Like, even if he, it's it's proof that regardless that he didn't have the physical, you know, the physical attributes to like join the military, he like still wanted it, and he wanted it so bad. Like that was just him, um, you know. And and there's not, I would say, there's not a lot of characters like this. So many, I think, actually, if you look at it in Marvel, many of the characters in Marvel are, are kind of forced into doing what they're doing like it's not really so if you look at it like so i'm um, gonna use the batman analogy for a second then go into a couple things um bruce wayne if he was not batman would still be driven to prevent crimes from happening to other people like, that's just who he yes. is cap is going to be a good person that's just Regardless, who he is right um hawkeye yeah if he wasn't hawkeye guess what he would still be yep. trying to help people out mm, he might be a villain no. no. No, not Hawkeye. No. Like, if you read the, read the Matt Fraction, Fraction stuff. Like, but didn't he start, but he started out originally as a villain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, like, just. Latter day Hawkeye. La- Latter day Hawkeye. Uh, he's motivated to help people. Those are the really, like, sort of the highest echelon of Marvel characters because at their core, even without powers, they still have a desire to do good on, right. you know, What whatever. makes me sad is, like, Black Widow should be as solid a character, and she's, in, not. she's so not. But and she it won't, makes me sad. She won't because she always has the the like the double agent. Yeah, like her her character can be changed. Like the, she can be, like so regard like the Artem Zola tried to brainwash Captain America. He tried to do everything, and so like regardless of what you try to do to him, he's not going to change. You can't. I mean, it's impossible. But Black Widow can be driven or motivated by other things to. To play for the other side, to do this, to do that. You like, can say the same with Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier and Black Widow are in the same thing where yes. they don't have that. They're on a redemption like a, track. Yeah, they're on the redemption track as opposed to a uh, the hero's tragedy or hero's yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Journey. And Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's the difference between like Hawkeye and Black Widow. I right, think, is that Hawkeye? Well, I don't know. Well, no, Hawkeye because, used to be a villain. Yeah, Black true. Widow used to be a villain. So yeah. why is Hawkeye an awesome character now? And the current series with Black Widow is not that good. Like, Phil Noto's art is really pretty, but the series is kind of So yeah. I think sort of the reason behind that is that at their core of their character, like, Hawkeye, when he was a villain, was like, oh, this probably isn't the best thing. Sure. Black Widow, when she was a villain, she was a villain. She was just so a, yeah. why do we like other villainous people like Catwoman has like the she walks the line she walks the line right she's never actually hurting innocent people that's Mm. a black widow would have no problem blowing away some civilians huh yeah Yeah, okay yeah Hawkeye would not harm innocents like he you know he had a target that he would go for Mm -hmm. but he wouldn't take out like the busload of nuns next to the target get the target yeah exactly black widow would be like I've got a rocket launcher and I've actually got two shots yeah no reservations about her actions I wonder if there's other other Marvel characters that have similar like moral standing like and no like, reservations. Hulk? Well, no, but at the no, same time, Hulk. Hulk's not really under control of. But his own even brains. as even Hulk as a as a when he's in Hulk form, he's even in his comics he's shown his concern for innocence. He's got like, some the, the Hulk himself, but monster. Bruce Banner oh. is more of a monster than Hulk is. Ah, really? Yeah. That oh, is yeah. the irony. I yeah. like it. Well, hey. what is it? Who's writing him now? That's how uh, he's portrayed. Yeah. Okay. So. I, I think sort of as an overarching, if you look at like you know all the different versions of Hulks and all the interpretations, more times than not, Bruce Banner is a worse person than the Hulk. Huh. No, and a lot of it, he's just a meek, very meek person. Craven and 
callous would be the two words I would use to describe Bruce Banner. Yeah, he's science above all laws. He's not, but he's not. No, because he's not. He's not even on the same level as like. He's not. He's not on this. Mm. I think mis, like Mister Fantastic, like Reed Richards and Pym are definitely worse than Bruce Banner. Reed Richards is terrible. Oh, I God. love I love the Ultimates version of him when he's just like I got no reservations and I'm brilliant. They are definitely maybe worse I'm just bitter because Reed him. Richards gets a lot more screen time than Black yeah. Widow and they're both terrible. Like Ar- like like Arnim like you know like for example so let's let's take Arnim Zola if if Arnim Zola had not been like with the Germans would he still be Arnim Zola? You see what I'm saying like. Yeah, would he still have the things that drive him to do horrible genetic it, it, evil? Yeah, it, it, exactly. It would, but he, but but would we? What light would we see him in if he was doing the same things he's doing, but for the the patriots? You know, like, right? You know, like, would we be he's like employed by Guantanamo? Yeah. Doing, oh, so he's a hero because you know he's you know torturing terrorists or he's you know doing these things so that we can win the war. Like you know what I mean? Like. I okay. guess that's I, what I, I like where you're about going this with book. This, but like, here, here's the thing: uh, I sort of feel like it doesn't matter whose side you're on. If you're torturing people, mm. you've crossed that line. Well, okay, so Red Skull was is think about this, right? From from the the point of the I guess you say the German side of the military, like Red Skull was their Captain America. Yeah, he yeah. was he was their hero. So like he could do no wrong. You know, it's like and Cap, it's like you know we look we look at Cap and go, well, is it right for people? Is it right for superheroes right to kill people? Well. Captain America is a soldier above all else before he's like a superhero. So, so, so like, here's the difference between Cap and Red Skull. Like, I, I understand where you're going with this. Like, Cap killed people. He oh, shot yeah. them or, you oh, know, he yeah, you know, he's broke got, their necks yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got Red a lot Skull of would count. take uh, people who were captives and torture them to death. That's yes. the difference. Right well, there. and I think part of the point of this book is stripping down Captain America as a character and being like, you know, he is a good person at heart, even mm. though he does all of these things. And while the perception of him by the other characters changes radically in terms yeah. of like Zola's got some ways of seeing him, Jet's got ways of seeing him, yeah. his kid has ways of seeing him, uh, that that shift throughout the book. But like we, the viewer, because we have that internal dialogue going on and we really have a good view into Cap's mind, are like, oh yeah, Cap's on the level the whole yeah. time. I mean, because I like you can see, like, perfect example, you take Spider Man, like, Spider Man. Will will pull punches like Spider Man is like will never. Only, there's like only been one time in his whole history where he's attacked ruthlessly, and it was uh, right after Green Goblin killed Gwen Stacy. Yep, right. But, I think he actually tried to kill Craven the Hunter as well one time. Really? I think so. I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, whatever. Maybe. Irrelevant. But Captain America, like in everything, in every medium I've seen, a fight is a fight to him. Like he's. He's going in. There's no like. I'm not gonna kick you as hard as I can. No, like I'm going. This is my. This is a punch. Like this is a kick. You see what I mean? Like, that's that's the thing though. It's like if he goes into a fight, right? Like if he is fighting against someone who's not necessarily as equally strong or whatever, but it's you know it is a fight, then he will go in. That's what I'm saying. Like if you put Captain America in like a a a boat of goons, he's going to kick every goon like he's like you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing with Batman. Like there's not a there's never a pull a punch type of thing. It's like you're a goon, you're a bad guy, you get everything. What about you know, the goon? The, <laughs> you, you know, so that's why I don't know. I just I just I really I really like the character regardless of what of who's writing him, of who's doing what with him. I think Steve Rogers like to a certain extent, while he is, you know, more of an icon of a person than a person, when like books like this come out, it does a really good job of expanding the actual narrative of the character. Mm. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's more yeah. of a person in this one. So, can I say one thing? As I only read the first book, I didn't read the second book. So, I was flipping through the second book, 
really would like to get it, but the the amount of scorched earth that happens in this story. <laughs> oh my! They ha- he Remender had no problem with killing off characters. Oh, like, no. People were getting shot left and right. Oh no! Um, guys, oh, and no. I was like, holy shit! It oh, I mean. Uh, the kid got shot through the neck, and he he dies. Uh, th- there was a scene where the girl got shot in the face. I think yep. Cap shot her in the face too, and like uh, no punches were pulled. That, and that's what I'm saying. That's why. And that's why I like. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, but I was. I'm. I was so, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of the sound effects are interesting. <laughs> well, it's Dimension Z sound effects. I think so. it's I, I think it's But I think I, and that's one thing that I, I really enjoyed was the the amount of scorched earth that that there was a lot of death and carnage in this, which I really enjoy. And um and through all this, how does Cap keep his, his character or whatnot? Well they don't let it I you know what and that so for me that's kind of a home thing because it's like uh they don't let they don't let us forget that Cat America's a soldier. And so you take it from a soldier's perspective of like the whole. I mean, he obviously has like PTSD. Like he is like, oh yeah, he is totally screwed up. Yeah, have fun coming back to, to the regular the now. regular world right yeah. after going through that. Like he again, right for the second for the, the same shit. This is Die Hard. Who could picture the same shit would happen to the same guy twice, right? <laughs> um, but he, they don't let us forget that. And if you take it from a soldier's perspective, is like. It's the same thing. It's not. It's not the Peter Parker like, oh, I was, you know, I'm in this position now. I deal with it. It's not the. He is. Ken America has always been a soldier. He's all. He is. He's a soldier first and foremost. And then he's a superhero next. Yeah, and, and you're right. And everything else. Everything else is second to that. <laughs> did we do Bob Howard Burn? No, we didn't. No, yet. we Let's just do did that. Luke's specific. Yeah, we did Luke's. The by, Luke experience. Luke might buy. And what you think? I would borrow. Um, and part of it, and like, it's a really solid story. It's a great introduction to Cap because I realize this is a taste thing because I'm read relatively little weird superhero. No, I le- read a ton of. I brought butts to butts. <laughs> yeah, weird. weird yeah, stuff. I read yeah. weird. I, I read relatively little superhero, and this is weird superhero. So it's like that much more appealing. Anne's recent books that she's read is have included Butts to Butts and Time Fucker. Yes. <laughs> sex Criminals. Uh, and Sex, sex Criminals. criminals. Yeah. Sex Criminals. Yeah. I'm noticing a trend. Yeah, well. Hmm. <laughs> Eddie? <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> you you got to say it. You know I'm going to buy this. You know, I mean, I bought it. I, I, still, I still have a subscription to it now. And um, I think it's a wonderful story. And I'm a Captain America fan, so. Joe? Um, I bought it. I'm like Eddie. I remember. Yeah, yeah I love that guy. And also Captain America, so it's right in my wheelhouse, so to speak. So yeah, buy it. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with a buy because it's Remender. Um, I don't think it's his best book, but my God, it's amazing. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's what four buy. Well, three three solid buys, a light buy, and a borrow. Yeah. So I think that kind of it's a pretty good consensus that this yeah. book is awesome. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, so if you want to tell us what to read or have some ideas, uh, you can send a message to us on on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash groups slash trade secrets pod, I think. Yes. I fucked that There's one trade no, secrets I think that's pod, trade secrets discussion. No, it's like trade, trade secrets pod. Trade secrets discussion is the internal one. Okay. That's yeah. where we figure out when we're meeting. I made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, on Twitter, we're at Trade, trade Secrets Pod. Um, Luke is at Geek Leak. 
Geek-a-leak. 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 I hope not. Geek-a-leak. Geek-a-leak. <laughs> Can't any of us have like normal... Geek-a-leak. And B-Tweet. There you go. That is the most normal one. Eddie's Grape Doctor. Grape Doctor, yeah. Joel is superfluously. Grape Doctor. Superfluously. Oh, God. But I'm an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Remember that. Yeah. Can I tell that story real quick? It's going to be a three story. I was going to finish this up, then you can tell that story. Go ahead. I'm at Mathtastrophe. Next up is... Uh, episode 70 I almost said issue 70 episode hey. 70 which is the long read of bone and that'll be two weeks after this one no way relates yeah. to butts to butts nope. or sex criminals I assure you and I'm not being sarcastic boots to boots <laughs> uh, thanks Ann you're welcome Eddie oh you're welcome yeah. Joel so, oh wait yeah you're welcome <laughs> and uh, this is Podell signing off Work is never over. Keep on the-